All right, here we go. So let's. Today's daf is daf yud, and we got up to kama yehei ben sukkah lesukkah, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine lines from the top of yud amar aleph ten a. And just to remind ourselves, the sugya that we're in. Yesterday we learned in the Mishnah, sukkah agabe sukkah is puzzle. Okay, if you have one sukkah on top of another sukkah, it is puzzle. What we didn't clarify, and that's going to be this sugya over here until the Mishnah. What we didn't clarify is how tall, how far above the bottom schach does the top schach need to be to even be considered a separate sukkah? Okay, so let's say, for example, I build a sukkah, and then on top of that sukkah, I put up walls that are two tef, two tfachim tall, two tfachim high, and then I lay out another layer of schach. Is that considered sukkah, gabi sukkah? Or do we say, no, allow the two layers of schach to be considered as one. And it's not even a sukkah, gabi sukkah. Okay? So that's what we need to clarify. The sukkah that's on, the, the upper sukkah that's on top of the lower sukkah, how much higher above the lower schach is the upper schach that it even has a status of a sukkah? So we're going to find a three-way machlokas in this Gemara. It's either going to be one tefach, that if you have even a one tefach space in between the two layers of schach, that itself is considered a second sukkah. Why? Because we're going to, I'm just going to explain the Gemara outside. Because we find by Hochus Tuma that if you have a tefach above a mace, right, that's considered an ohel. So you see one tefach is considered an airspace. Another option is going to be four tefachim. Because by Hochus Shabbos, we find that four tefachim wide is considered a makom, is considered an area. And the third option is going to be ten tvachim, because in order for a sukkah to be called a sukkah, it needs to be ten tvachim. All right? So we're about to see a three-way machlokas. How tall, how much higher above the lower sukkah does the upper sukkah need to be to passel up the lower sukkah? Either it's going to be learned out from Toma and say it's one tefach, or it's going to be learned out from Shabbos and say four tvachim, or it's going to be learned out from sukkah itself, which is going to be ten tvachim. Let's see this Gemara inside, nine lines from the top of the page. How much above the lower sukkah is the upper sukkah to, to, in order to ruin the kashras of the lower sukkah? Omar Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, opinion number one, tafach. Okay, why one tafach? Because you find by, by, uh, by a mace that uh, one tafach high is considered an oil. The tanam, we learned to the measure, tafach agabi tafach, beruach tafach, berum tafach. Maybe as a tumma, it brings, it spreads out the tumma, and it's chaitis from the tumma, it stops the tumma from going any further. But anything that's less than a tafachai, why maybe, but it doesn't play any role whatsoever. So, opinion number one, like we spoke outside, Ravuna, one tafach, if the upper, if the upper sukkah is one tafach, ruins the whole thing. Okay? Opinion number two, Rav Chisav Rabba Ravuna, Amri Arba. They say the upper sukkah, if it's four tafachim tall, that's considered a sukkah. Why? Because when it comes to Hilkah Shabbos, we find that a Makam Chash is considered a, a Chash of a Makam. It needs four Tfachim. Learn it out from Shabbos. Okay. Ushmul Amar Asar. All right? And Shmuel says, Ten Tfach. My time at the Shmuel. 
what's the reason for Shmuel, that the upper sukkah needs to be ten tefachim in order to pass up the lower sukkah? He says, listen, the same way a sukkah becomes kosher with ten tefachim, it should pass up the lower sukkah once it has ten tefachim. Okay, three-way, machlaikas, ravuna, one tefach. Then um, we had... Uh, two uh, two Amairam, Rav Chista, and Rabbi Baravunu who says four, and Shmuel who says ten. So now we learn to the Mishnah, Rav Yudah, and Rav Yudah says, You should know that if nobody, we said in our Mishnah, that if nobody is living in the upper sukkah, the lower sukkah is still kosher. My ain't Yurim, what does it mean nobody lives there? It means taka, that nobody's walking around up there. Yeah, I don't understand. Just because people are up there, that, that's enough of a reason to make a sukkah kosher? No. Sukkah is kosher whether or not you have a body hanging on top of you. What if you have a one layer, a uh, 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 10 ama sukkah, totally kosher, and you build a ropes course hanging from one wall to the other? You make a zip line. And people, uh, your kids are going zip lining across the top of the sukkah. That's possible? No. Just because people are hanging up there is not a reason to possible up a sukkah. Elav, mind you, rather, what does it mean that nobody's up there? Nobody's living up there. Kol shein it means it's not fit for people to live up there. And therefore, it's not a dira. Behechi dami. And what's the case? Delaiga by Asara, if you're going to say where there wasn't even Tantavachim in the first place, Nechal Tanakama Sabar, Afbisha in a Ruya Ladira, Absurdi, and Tommy Tanakama holds, even when it's not Ruya Ladira, it's going to be possible? No. So ask the Gemara, why are we mentioning all this? What's the whole idea? See, here's the question. Shmuel says, the upper sukkah, in order to pass the lower sukkah, must be ten tfachim. But I don't understand. Shmuel does not fit with the Tanakama of our Mishnah. Because according to the Tanakama, the lower sukkah is going to be puzzle when the upper sukkah is not fit to be lived in. What does it mean it's not fit to be lived in? It's not ten tfachim. You can't live in an area that's less than ten tfachim. Beautiful. Kashon Shmuel. Answers the Gemara, Kyosha Ravdimi Yomar, Ravdimi came. He said, Amri b'marav, they taught in Eretz Yisrael, in the West, It's not a matter of ten tzvachim tal. And it's not a matter of people ziplining up there. People being up there, being above me. Rather, you know what the, the halach of the Mishnah is? It's like this. If the schach of the lower sukkah cannot hold pillows and mattresses of, for people to live up there, then the lower sukkah is going to be kosher. Because it's not strong for, it's not strong, it's not going to be royal Now it seems, says the Gemara, we're still going to ask a question on Shmuel, and say it seems from the Tanakhama, the lower sukkah is going to be puzzle, even when it can't hold the, the karim v'kasas. So why does Shmuel say that the only way to puzzle it is when it's not ten tzvachim? So the Gemara says, he could be nayu. The difference in our Mishnah is the The difference is going to be when it could hold karim bekasos al meaning yeah, that, 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 it's not going to be so sturdy, it's not going to be so strong, and that's the machlokes in our Mishnah where Rabbi Yehuda says that it's not a matter of ten tefachim. Rather, says Rabbi Yehuda, if it could only hold al if the lower schach can only hold the upper schach al then the upper sukkah is not called the sukkah, and since the upper sukkah is not called the sukkah, the lower sukkah remains valid. However, the Tanakhama says, listen, even though it's not going to be so sturdy and so strong, as long as it can hold up karim v'kasus, even uh, wiggly, even al that gives the upper sukkah a status, and the lower sukkah is going to be puzzle. And of that Gemara,
And now we get to a brand new Mishnah, a brand new discussion. Let's pause and talk about this outside, get into what the Gemara is going to be focusing on. Okay. We just learned Sukkah al Gabe Sukkah is puzzle. One Sukkah under another Sukkah is puzzle. The lower Sukkah is going to be puzzle. Upper Sukkah, as long as it's within 20 Amas of the lower Sukkah, is going to remain kosher. What about this? Ready? I have a mosquito problem in my sukkah. I build a completely valid kosher sukkah. It's eight feet tall. Boards are four feet wide each. Lay out my Pesach Dika slats or my, you know, bamboo mats with a heksher or my trees, my branches. And I'm sitting there and there's a bug problem. What am I going to do to keep the bugs out? So people go, they got bug zappers. They hang up these zappers, yeah? Can I go ahead and spread sheets all over my sukkah to keep the bugs out? And now let's get more specific to our Mishnah because that's a very common case for us here in our climate is bugs. And this Gemara is going to clarify for us what you're allowed to do. The Gemara, the, the Mishnah itself says, well, we could think of two other reasons why a person would lay out sheets on top of their sukkah for protection. Either from the sun, scorching hot, so hot outside. I live in a very, very hot climate, sukkah's time. And the schach is giving me more shade than sun, but even the sun that's coming through is giving, it's just beating down and it's so difficult. Am I allowed to lay out sheets? Or, how about this? The branches that I put up on top of my sukkah, on sukkahs, the leaves start falling off, the needles, the bark, yeah, the splinters, it starts drying off and falling down into my uh, canadal soup on uh, Shabbos Cholamayim. Am I allowed to lay out a sheet under my schach to protect my food? Or do we say that, no, 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 one second. Now you're sitting under a sheet. You're not sitting under the schach. Okay? This is going to be a very, very lumdish gemara. There's a lot of lumdish to this. A lot, a lot of lumdish coming up in our gemara. It's going to be so beautiful. Think about it. In order for schach to be puzzle schach, it has to be considered a roof, a covering. At what point is something that's there for protection considered a covering? And what we're going to come across as we move through this Gemara is two primary variables. And that is the shape of the sheets. Are they flat or are they slanted? And the reason why that's important is because any sheet that's flat has a halachic status of a gag, a roof. And if it has the status of a roof, now I have a problem. Because in addition to my kosher schach, I also have puzzle schach. Because I have another roof on top of me. However, if it is completely slanted and it doesn't come flat at any point, so now, even if I'm underneath this V-shaped thing, 
in halacha, it's not considered an additional covering. And I'm still, even if I'm underneath the sheets that are shaped like a V, it's only considered like I'm under my schach. Because the sheets themselves never gained the status. So that's one primary variable that we're going to come across to determine whether I'm allowed to lay out a sheet in my sukkah is going to be the shape. How it's put up there. Is it flat? Is it, is it bent? Another thing that's going to matter is my das, my mindset when I put it up. What was my mindset? Because a person's mindset very often can establish what these sheets are going to be called. Okay? So with that um, introduction over what the focus is going to be, yeah, obviously until we read this Gemara, all the last details are not going to fall into place. But with that introduction, let's, let's get going and hopefully we'll get clarity. We'll, please stop me and ask any questions if, there's, if anything is not coming across or being articulated clear. Here we go. Zokt the Mishnah, says the Mishnah. We're now about seven lines from the bottom of Yud Amr Aleph. A person spreads out a sheet on top of his sukkah because the sun is just beating down. Or I put out sheets on my sukkah underneath the schach. Why? Because of falling leaves. Okay? Things that are going to fall ruin my canadal soup. Or you put a sheet on top of a fancy schmancy kinuf. What's a kinuf? These beds that have poles coming up at each end. And when I lay out a sheet, it's now going to be flat. In all these cases, if I lay out my sheet flat for the sun, I lay out my sheet flat to stop falling leaves. I lay out my sheet flat because it's I got a bed outside and I'm just going to lay out my schach on top of that four-posted bed. Psula is going to be possible because I've now made a, a di- an additional roof. And I can't do that. It's schach possible. Aval, but... It is permitted to spread out a sheep, a sheet on naklite hamita. Rashi explains what's naklite hamita, a bed that instead of having a post on each corner, it just has one post at the foot and one post at the head, in the center. And then any sheet that comes is just going to drape across it and lay down flat with no roof. Right? It's just going to come. Says the Mishra, that would be okay. I am underneath the sheet. Okay. But that sheet doesn't have a halachic status of a roof. So when I look at your roof, I'm still going to say, you're only underneath kosher schach. Here we go. Says the Gemara, Amrav Chisr, Chisr says, It seems, beautiful diuk, beautiful inference, says the Gemara. The reason why, it seems from the Mishra, the reason why when I spread out the sheet to stop the leaves is puzzle, is because I did it for that purpose. The Mishnah could have just said, if you lay out a flat sheet, puzzle. Why did it say, if you lay out a flat sheet, because of leaves? I could infer that, let's say, I put out a flat sheet, not for protection. You know why I did it? Because I did it for my sukkah decorations. I, my, 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 my bubby made for me, knitted a beautiful blanket when I was a baby, and I want to hang this up in my sukkah to make my sukkah beautiful. And I lay it across underneath my schach. Why am I doing it for beauty? Says Rav Chista, Ksheira. That's fine. There's no problem. Why? So here's the lumdas. When I lay something out for protection, that mindset 
gives it the status of a covering. When I lay it out for beauty, now that's my new chandelier. It doesn't have the status of an ohel. It does not have the status of a covering. Says the Gemara Pshita. Yeah, listen, it's obvious. You're, you're right. I mean, it seems pretty clear from the Mishnah only because of Mehen Esher. Mehen Esher not. But for decorations, you could sit under your sukkah decorations. The says, no. I would have thought that it would be a problem even for beauty. Why? And why did we say to protect you from leaves? Because that was common. That's what I would have thought. Therefore, Rav Chista lets us know that the halacha is specific to falling leaves and things of that sort. When I'm doing it for protection, it's chach. And now it's messed up. But when I do it for beauty, it's not chach and it's not messed up. And we're going to stick with this halacha. Listen, it's beautiful. When you hang something up in your sukkah, not to be a covering or protection, I hang it up in my sukkah strictly for a beauty that's going to be okay. Lema mesehele. And I'll prove from a price that this is true. A person puts up kosher schach in the sukkah. And once you put up your kosher schach, you also laid out beautiful blankets and cloths, uh, things that you sewed. The talaba, a geizim, a shkedim, a parskin, very minim. Or the talaba, you hang in your sukkah different nuts or almonds or a frask. A frask in Yiddish is a patch. But a frask in Hebrew is a, is a peach. Okay? Uh, very minim. And pomegranates. Parpile, uh, parkile anavim, or you have a whole cluster of grapes. Batarish el shibailim and bundles of wheat. Yenai shimanu muslasais. And you have bottles of wine, oil, and flour. Asr lehistapek mehem. The halacha is, you're, th- this is all now becomes muktza for you. Until We just turn to the top of Amud Beis. Okay, this is fascinating. And we actually don't need to even imagine this. You go into these Rebbe sukkahs, Mamish beauty. The, the shan- they make chandeliers out of the most beautiful fruits that just hang there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's such a beauty, such a covet for the mitzvah. But the halacha is, if you put it up there to decorate for Yom Tif, it now becomes a chalak of the mitzvah part of the mitzvah, and you're not allowed to gain benefit from it until the mitzvah is done, until Yom Tif is over. However, let's say I hang up a, a pomegranate in my sukkah, and I say, I make it tonight, I make a condition, I say, this pomegranate's here for beauty, but on second day Yom Tif, I want to serve it for dessert. Can you do that? Says the b'risa, yes. Hakol lefit tonight. It goes by whatever condition you made. It follows your mindset. Okay. So if you put up sukkah decorations to be the throughout sukkahs, hands off. You can't touch it. However, if I had in mind, I'm only going to leave it there for part of the time, Seder. Then I'll call the feet tonight. Okay. So what do you see from here? Very clearly that noy sukkah, sukkah decorations are not going to get in the way of the kosher schach. Because you could leave it there. No, not necessarily. Maybe this whole thing about it, you being allowed to leave it there and not touching it, maybe it's talking about where you hung the decorations on the wall. How do you know we're dealing with when you hung the decorations from the schach? Itmar, we learned. It doesn't lower the sukkah. And it's not going to get in the way. It's not considered part of the schach. However, Rav Ashi says, from the side it will. So an interesting halacha, which is, 
that if let's say my sukkah is seven tefachim by seven tefachim, it's the exact minimum measurement, and then on my wall I start pasting, you know, and taping fruits to the wall, that's going to make my sukkah puzzle now, because I'm just not going to have the livable area uh, inside the sukkah that's that's necessary. Okay, let's uh, read one story before we move on to the next halacha. Minyamin Avid Ravashi, it's Mishalei. Minyamin, the, the servant of Rav Ashi, it mishalei, it became wet for him, kitu, uh, um, I'm sorry, yeah, kitunta bimaya, his kisainas, right, kisainas balkaides yilbahash, yeah, that's kisainas, uh, a garment. So, he, uh, his, his clothing became sopping wet. Va'ashtachta ametalalosa. So what he do? He took his uh, raincoat, his shirt, whatever got sopping, and he laid it out on top of his on top of Rav Ashi's sukkah. Please take it down. I don't want people thinking that I'm putting up garments as kosher schach. If you lay it on top, you're going to look at Rav Ashi and say, "Oh, you could use even garments for schach." People aren't going to know that you're just doing it to dry it out. And I also have kosher schach there. So says Minyamin. People will chop because it, very, it was very often where people, if they want to dry something out in the sun, they hung it out. They, they hung it outside. So he says, people see my clothing is wet, so they're not going to think it's there for schach. They're going to realize I'm doing it. To, that's my that's my dryer. So Ravashi says, You're right. I'm just asking you to take it down once it has dried. When it's wet, there's taka no problem leaving it there. But once it dries, then I have a concern because people aren't going to know. They're not going to realize why you put it there. Okay, period, end of, uh, end of um, that conversation. Once we started talking about sukkah decorations, let's keep going. Itmar, we learned. Noi sukkah, i menar bom. When you have sukkah decorations that are Four tfachim distant from the schach. So my schach is eight feet tall. And I hang out my sukkah decorations, my Bubby's knitted blanket that she made for me. I lay that out a foot beneath the, the schach. It's seven feet up. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says it's fine. It's fine. It's not considered a new entity. Rav Chista, Rav Aravuna, Amri Psuch. And Rav Chisra, Rav Aruna says, no, it's possible. Okay? It's, you're going, when it's more than four tzvachim away, you're going to have to view this blanket as if it's on its own. You can't say, oh, now it's Naisukkah, nice it's completely separate from, that's the lambdas here. You can't say it's completely separate from the schach. Right? Or it's part of the schach. Once it's four tzvachim away, Says Rav, uh, says, Rav Nach, uh, says Rav Nachman says it's still okay, and Rav Chist and Rav Aravuna say it's not okay. It's now on its own, and it's like I have Puzzle Schach laying out there. Rav Chist Rav Aravuna, Ikla Bey Reish Kalusa. Rav Chist Rav Aravuna came to the house of the Reish Kalusa. Anginu Rav Nachman b'sukkah shenoyim muflagas menor arbaam tzvachim. Rav Nachman gave them a sukkah to sleep in, where there were sukkah decorations that were more than four tzvachim away from the Schach. Ishtiku v'layamlu v'laymidi, and... Um, now, they, these were the ones, Rav Chis, Rav Aravuna, right, 
were the ones who held it was possible. They still didn't say anything to him. Amar lehu, she says to them, did you back out of your opinion? You now hold it's kosher? Is that why you, you, you don't have a problem with this? Amru lei, they said to him, anan shluche mitzvah, anan, no, the reason why we're not, uh, the reason why we're not uh, screaming about this is because anyway, we're on our way to perform a mitzvah, and we're not obligated in sukkah in the first place, and therefore, we're not going to make a machleikah seven. It's very interesting. They could have opened their mouth, but it wasn't necessary. Why? Because either way, they're shluchei mitzvah. Why were they shluchei mitzvah? Because they were on their way to learn Torah from the Rebbe. The halacha is that on the Shalish Regalim, we no longer have Yerushalayim, but a person should, it's a mitzvah for a person to, to be oila to their Rebbe, to go learn Torah from the Rebbe on Cholomayin. So they were there for the Tzarech mitzvah, for the purpose of a mitzvah. When somebody's traveling to do a mitzvah, they're potter from Sukkah, even once they've arrived. And therefore they said, listen, anyway we're potter. We would have appreciated, maybe, you know, to give us a kosher sukkah. But we're potter, and if you're not going to give us a kosher sukkah, we'll keep our mouth shut. We're not going to turn our like into this. We're not making us do an abir. Okay, fine. Here we go. Let's now get into a very interesting sugya that's going to take us to tomorrow's daf. Here we go. Not complicated. But just have to understand the, um, the makeup of, of each one of these entities that we're going to discuss. So let's pause and, and talk outside. In our Mishnah, we gave two cases of sheets being spread out on beds. One case was when the sheet is spread out on a bed that has four poles. So the sheet is flat. What's the halacha? Puzzle. Right? If you have a flat sheet on top of your bed, that's puzzle because you have the schach, and now the roof, the flat sheet, is considered like puzzle schach, and now I'm underneath puzzle schach. However, we said in the Mishnah that if the sheet is slanted, that's okay. Because the sheet doesn't have its own gag, doesn't have a roof, and even if I'm underneath that sheet, this is not considered a new ohel, and it's still viewed in halacha like I'm only under schach. That's what we learned in our mission. Very interesting halacha, because the bottom line is, either way, you're under a sheet, right? What makes a difference here is whether that sheet took on the status of a gag. If it took on the status of a gag, now I'm in trouble, because I'm underneath a new roof. And if it didn't take on the status of a gag, I'm not in trouble. Okay. That's all we need to know. We're going to see in this Gemara that there's two different types of beds that have four poles. One's a little more kaveya. Um, one's a little more, one type of bed is like a little more established than the other, okay? But ultimately, that's what we're gonna be focusing on, beds that come to a point, sheets that come to a point, and sheets that are flat. Here we go. Amr of Yudah Marshmul. A little less than halfway down on Yudah Babuz. Yudah says in the name of Shmuel, You're allowed to sleep underneath a kila in a sukkah. What's a kila? Ke, uh, the, the bent sheet. Okay? The case of our Mishnah. Got it? Okay? Um, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Let's start again. Amr Yudah Marshmuel. 
Rabbi Yudah says in the opposite. Rabbi Yudah says in the opposite. Rabbi Yudah says in the opposite. You're allowed to sleep in a kila in a sukkah. Even though it's flat. And it's less than 10 svachim. So says Rabbi Yudah Marshmul. Listen to this. A flat sheet over a bed can still be okay as long as it's not more than 10 svachim high. Okay, if it's not more than 10 svachim high, it's okay even if it's flat. Says the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen. What do you mean? We learned that a flat sheeted uh, on a kila bed in a sukkah is not good. The Gemara says, okay, just say that. The reason why it's not good is because it's not good. Yeah, when the Mishnah says that if it's flat, it's no good, then it's and when do I say it's flat is good? Less than that fachim. Basically, that's a challenging question. sleeps under a, uh, a bed, which is always flat. In the sukkah, you do not fill your obligation. So you see, no matter what, if it's flat, you don't get a... Uh, it gets in the way. No, also, that bed was ten fachim tall. Tashma, come and listen. You spread it on a kinaifis. A, a kinaifis is like a kila. But it's a little more established. So it's possible. We'll also just say that it's 10 Tvachim tall. Says the Gabar, if the whole point over here is 10 Tvachim tall or not, why don't you mention that? But uh, it didn't say that in the Brysa. The Tani we learned in the Brysa. Naklitin, if you have a bed, that's Naklitin. That was the two posts in the center. Shnayim. The Kinaifes, a Kinaifes bed has Arba. Pirasagabi Kinaifes Psula. You put a sheet on top of a four pole bed. It's puzzle because now it's its own roof. Agabi naklitin, if you put it on top of a two-pole bed where everything is slanted, it's fine. As long as the naklitin, okay, the bent one, is not ten tvachim. Seems from the kinaifis, even if it is less than ten tvachim, is going to be a problem. So you see, it's not a matter of ten tvachim that's causing the issue. You see, it's the four posts that's causing the issue. Says the Gemara, shiny kinaifes tikvi. I'll tell you the difference between the, these types of beds. A kinaifes bed is more established and it's connected. It's like firm to the bed, and therefore, even if it's less than ten tefachim, it's going to be considered a ohel. I have a sukkah gabi sukkah tikviya. We have one sukkah top of another sukkah where it is kaveya vamer shmul beachshera kach psula. Shmul says keachshera kach psula. Then the upper sukkah needs to be at least ten tefachim above the lower sukkah. So you see. That even when something is kaveya, you still need ten tefachim. Let's explain this question outside. According to what we just said, ten tefachim is needed when there's no kavias. But when there's kavias, then a flat area is a problem, even less than ten tefachim. But ask the Gemara, Shmuel, sukkah gabi sukkah, ten tefachim high, it's kaveya, only then it's a problem. Less than ten tefachim is not a problem, even when it's kaveya. The Gemara says, no, Amri, hasam de lemifsal sukkah ba'asara, over there, this, it, it made the sukkah puzzle with its ten tefachim because you're coming to make the bottom sukkah puzzle. Hasa v'yamar shmua kachshera hacha over here the l'shavi ayla. But here you're coming to establish it as a tent. Botzer me'asara nami havi ayla, and even less than tefachim can be established as a tent. Amra. In other words, the, the, the halachas of how to make a sukkah gabi sukkah. 
cannot be uh, put in line with what we're going to use as a um, as a not the proper word is not database. We're going to use as the uh, uh, barometer. I think that's the word. What we're going to use as the barometer to establish what is considered an idol. Okay, let's end off with just a couple more halachas, and we'll hold it here for today. Amr of Tachlifa Baravdimi Amr Shmuel. The Tachlifa Baravdimi says the name of Shmuel. Hayashem bekila arum. A person who sleeps in a kila without any clothes on. Okay, so is there a problem? Yes, not for sleeping there, because we're talking about an average Tuesday night. But here's the problem. You're not allowed to say the Shema, which one is obligated to say when we go to sleep, when you're not wearing clothes, when a person is unclothed. So if a person is laying underneath a canopy with no clothes on, doesn't have a blanket, what do you do? You want to say Shema. What do you do? Says Rav Tachlifa, You know what you do? Poke your head out of this tent. Poke your head out. Now your head is outside the tent. Your body, with one's private parts, are inside the tent, and now it's like I have a separation, and now I'm allowed to say the Shema. The Kari Kriya Shema, and you'd be permitted to say Shema. Okay. Says the Gemara, one second. Mesfei, that's a challenging question. We say that a person who sleeps in a kila without any clothes on, you can't do that, because the bottom line is, you're still not covered, even though you stuck your head outside. It don't, don't help. So the bar says, Okay? I'll tell you the difference. When the kila is tent fachim high, so now it's its own tent. If I stick my head out, it's like in a new domain and it will be okay. If the kila is less than tent fachim, sticking my head out isn't going to do anything. You know why? Because the kila itself is not tall enough to be a domain. So my body and my head is still, nothing ever changed. It's all in the same domain. It's logical to understand it like this. Since we say it down to the Brisa, what is this similar to? Person who's standing inside of a house, there are any clothes on. You can't, you're in your house, you want to say Shema. Okay? But you don't have any clothes. What do you do? Stick your head outside the window. So now my body is in one area, my head's in another area. And say the Shema. Shema Mina, you see from here that in order to be able to use this shtick of sticking one's head out of a domain and separating where my body is and where my head is to allow me to say it, it has to be that the, where, where the person's body is located is also considered a domain, which is, i.e., for us in halacha, that means at least 10 tfachim tall. Let's start the top, the, just continue on uh, one more step over here, and we'll end off for today. By Islam, you should know, by the house, when a person's body is in the house, they stick their head out the window. Even if it's not ten tfachim tall, since it is kviya, since it's established, that automatically is considered an oil. It's no different than an established bed. And therefore, all the Gabar is pointing out at the end is the following halacha, that if somebody's laying in their bed with no clothes, or a person's inside their home with no clothes, and you want to say Shema, the whole shtick of sticking your head out and being allowed to say it would only work when, in halacha, my body's considered one domain, 
my head's in another domain. So if a person is laying on their canopy bed, we'll call it, a person laying on their canopy bed, and that's lower than 10 Tzvachim, it's not going to help to stick your, your head out. Because that canopy bed itself is not considered a domain. So now my body and my head are still in the same domain. It wouldn't be allowed. However, if I'm in a house, even if the house, the room that I'm in, happens to be less than 10 Tzvachim, and I stick my head out the window, that would be okay. Because the house is established, and the fact that it's established makes it that my body is in one place, my head is somewhere else, and, the, and reading Kriyashma would be allowed. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody. Be'ezas Hashem, we will pick up. Um, to th- this was Shabbos' daf. So Be'ezas Hashem, we will pick up on Matzei Tishabov. Okay? After we break the fast, um, I'll send out a WhatsApp for, uh, you know, for, for what time. But Be'ezas Hashem, Matzei Tishabov will uh, continue with the next daf. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.